Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hold on. 
Folks, and welcome to another hour of the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Today is Thursday, December 22nd, 2015, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. First, let's get right down to it. Here we go. Hank Gumbel, the whitest black man in America. From my hometown of Chicago, Illinois, folks. The whitest black man in America. First, he puts his foot in his own ass by stating that the National Rifle Association members are, and I quote, pigs, end quote, and a curse, wait, quote, curse, end quote, on America and about the most uncaring organization in history. He goes on to state, and I quote, there are a few things I hate more than the NRA. He was making these statements while discussing a segment he did on real sports that was titled Eat What You Kill. Where do we begin? Shall I begin? Shall I begin? Brian Gumbel hates members of the NRA. So those of us who are members of the NRA, he is calling us pigs, and that we are a curse on America. I am a actual card-carrying member of the NRA, so he hates me. Now, he doesn't know me, not at all, but he hates me, and he just called me a pig. And if I were to see that candy-ass Bryant Gumbel on the streets of Chicago, I would be forced to slap him around a little bit and spend maybe a couple of hours in the Cook County Jail. He is a candy-ass punk. Yes, and I'm resorting to name-calling in return because you know what? Before he made these statements about NRA members like myself being pigs and a curse and all that, he was disliked in Chicago for a variety of reasons. I can honestly state that few people back in our hometown, both mine and Brian's, actually care for the man at all, which is why he had to leave. He has been touted as being arrogant, thoughtless, humorless, and pretty much a dick everywhere he's gone. 
which is why he was fired from the Today Show. And, of course, he took the opportunity to throw racism into the mix. He he laid down the race card. Wait, wait, wait. First, before we go into that, let's finish what he said about me being a pig. He went on to, <laughs> he went on to say, I mean, truly, I think they're pigs. I think they don't care about human life. I think they're a curse upon the American landscape. Now, folks, I am an NRA member. I've never killed a black man. I've never gunned anyone down on the streets of Chicago. And he's talking about legal gun owners. Those of us who own guns legally, who have permits, concealed, carry, all of that. He's saying that we're pigs and we don't care about American lives. Once again, there's this misplaced sense of um, whatever it is they've got going on, liberals. If that's the case, if I am a pig and a blight on the American landscape and all of that, then who's, what about that young gang member that's got a whole host of illegal guns? He's got a stash at his girlfriend's house, in his mama's basement, on his person, in his vehicle, underneath a couple of rocks. Fighting citizen, gun owner, and a pig. What is that dude? Anyway, so now, Mr. Gumbo goes on to say that he also feels how differently he was treated during his time as co-host of NBC's Today Show when compared to other news personalities, suggesting that his skin color had a lot to do with it, that he was treated differently because of his skin color. Dude is light, bright, and almost white. It's not like he's the Flavor Flav, or Wesley Snipes, or Eddie Murphy um, Hugh. What we in, the, we in the hood call good hair, he's, he, he's, he's damn near white. He behaves like he's white, which has been a complaint in the black community for years. I remember the first time I met the guy. You know what he said to me? I met him in Chicago many years ago. I was in uniform. I was at a, I was at a White Sox baseball game. He was calling the game. You know what he said when he approached me? He said that my jeans had panache. Hell, I'm a college graduate. I had no idea what the fuck what the hell panache meant. What black man goes around using that word anyway? Anyway, so panache. I, I still don't know what it means. Anyway, so I guess it means that... They, but anyway, my point is, I'm digressing, but my point is, the dude's white, for all intents and purposes, at least in the black community. So, so he, he went on to state, and I quote, I used to say when I hosted the Today program, that if Barbara Walters, Ted Koppel, and I all asked the same difficult question in the same tone of voice with the same look on our faces, Koppel would be characterized as brilliant and prepared. Barbara would be characterized as an explanative. I suppose he, he didn't want to say bitch. And I would be characterized as arrogant, he said. So when you ask is it a negative thing? Well, it shouldn't be. But it's 
often thrown at someone of color as if, who the hell do you think you are? And those are quotes. So now, going by Mr. Gumbel's logic and black ass, I, I should be crying racism. I should be crying racism every single day. I should every with every other person I meet. I should be saying, you know what? I know what you're thinking. You're thinking I'm arrogant, and who do I think I am? And I know the reason why you're saying that. Not because I'm arrogant, and I think I am something special. But because it's because I'm black. You are saying to me that I'm arrogant because I'm black. So now when I go out tomorrow and I offend someone by being arrogant, which I am on occasion, or being that guy, you know, that who do you think you are guy, which I am who the, no, the who the hell do you think you are guy, which I am accused of all the time by 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 people of all colors. The first thing I'm going to think of is they're saying they're not saying that because my personality is the way it is. They're saying that because I'm black. Bryant Gumbel has been known to be one arrogant SOB. It's part of who he is. And yet, instead of acknowledging that he's arrogant, as I have, it's a character flaw. I understand it. I own up to it. So, I, so I'm, what, I'm, what I'm doing with me is I'm kind of aiding the character flaw by admitting and taking responsibility for my character flaw, which cancels out the character flaw, in my opinion. But nevertheless, dude knows... Bright Gumbel knows that he is an arrogant ass. He has always been that way. He's been accused of being an arrogant ass by folks of all color. But now he is throwing down the race card. The whitest black man in America is now throwing out the race card. Does it get any worse than this? Okay. So... It's it is it is truly amazing that Brian Gumbel throwing out the race card. Things have really gotten out of hand. Anyway, yeah, we're gonna take a short break. We'll come right back and we'll get to we'll get down to Mr. Obama. The State of the Union address. Is anybody listening to that clown anymore? I don't think so. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, Dr. C. Robert Jones. We'll be right back.
welcome to How Smart Is Your President? A game show testing the intelligence of President Barack Obama. And now, here's your host, G. too kind. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to How Smart Is Your President? A game show testing the intelligence of President Barack Obama. And of course, here's our guest, here's our player. Let's everybody welcome President Barack Hussein Obama. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. We want to thank you for hanging out with us. Welcome to How Smart Is Your President, testing the intelligence of President Barack Obama. Our player for today, of course, the President of the United States, Barack Hussein Obama. Now, we went over the rules backstage. The game is very simple. We're going to ask you a series of questions, and you hit the fancy-smancy buzzer to answer the question. And we're going to start off right now. Question number one. How many states make up the United States of America? Uh, I've now been in 57 states. I think one left to go. Sorry, Mr. President. The answer to the question is 50. 50 states make up the United States of America. Next question. Name one European country. Compared to countries like Europe? Sorry, Mr. President. Europe is not a country. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Next question. What is one of the treatments for asthma? A breathalyzer. Or an inhalator. Not a breathalyzer. Sorry, Mr. President. You meant to say inhaler. Inhaler was the answer that you are looking for. All right. Next question. Okay. As the President of the United States of America, recite for me the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. uh, I I guess... Hold on a second. So... So, uh, so all I'm, all, all, all I, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait! Don't, don't, don't start. Don't, hold, hold on. Sorry, Mr. President. Time's up. The First Amendment of the United States Constitution states as follows: Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances, something that you clearly know nothing about. Anyway, moving on, last and final question, Mr. President. Name the Mexican holiday in the month of May. The Cinco de Cuatro. Sorry, Mr. President, that was the wrong answer. You said four of five. The answer to the question is Cinco de Mayo, the 5th of May. That is the correct answer, and you are wrong again. Well, that's all the time that we have, folks. 
I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Catch us next time when we play How Smart Is Your President? Testing the intelligence of President Barack Obama. I'm your host, G.C. Rock, and I'm out of here. Peace out, y'all. Welcome back, folks, to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I reviewed my uh, I reviewed my Facebook page after the State of the Union address, and I looked for a couple of things. Um, you know, I have some, I have a few liberal friends, and more than a few, and quite a few of them are on my Facebook page. Still, you know, usually I, I go up. You know a certain level, a certain number of uh, of friends, and then I drop maybe like ten or twenty, and then I go back up again. And usually the ones that drop are the liberals because they just can't stand what I'm putting out there on the page. But I've gotten I've got a few a few liberals that 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 are hanging in there, and so immediately after after the State of the Union. Um, I went down to I went over to the Facebook page and I took a look and I was like, "Wow!" Reading reading the um, the the posts and responses to uh, to the State of the Union address, and of course the ladies were all, "Oh, he's so handsome! Oh, when he winked, it just made me want to." Come from the note. Something. Else. cheeks, and I was thinking, oh my goodness. So now the ladies were all, he's so handsome and sexy and sweet and, he, and how he looked and, his, and all of that. And the guys were, you know, almost unanimously, yeah, yeah, man, wow, you know. They were all happy <laughs> and like like kissing, kissing, kissing his butt. Which I can't, I can't see. 
you know, even even me, uh, 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 Ronald Reagan, I believe, was the second greatest president in our history behind behind Lincoln, and and, and then I'd go with with, with Teddy, you know, at coming up, running up third, but I never. You know, said, "Oh my goodness, Ronald Reagan was such so such so so great. He was so handsome. He was so regal." I never, you know, threw it down like that. But uh, you know, it's sad to say, you know, that if I asked any of these individuals on my Facebook page about Obama's substance and his speech and what they thought was good about his speech and what they agreed with. And, you know, and, and ask them to elaborate on the policies that he were laying down. They wouldn't be able to do that. I, I can I can almost guarantee that they wouldn't be able to come up with anything positive about what it is that he said, or even remember what he said. You know, it's like you have got a lot of friends who like 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 I say. I'll ask, uh, what's your favorite song? And they'll tell me, well, my favorite song is this, this, or that. And I'll say, okay, well, you know, sing a little bit of it. You know, sing, sing. Do you know any of the words? And I can almost guarantee that nine times out of ten, people who say, "Well, this is my favorite song," and I like this song, they can probably tell you who sung the song, but they most likely wouldn't be able to tell you the year that the song came out, and they won't be able to sing the song all the way through. Now, I put this to the to the test many times with a variety of different people. Most people who have a favorite song, I can I'll, I'll lay down a good stack of cash that they can't sing that song for me all the way through. And you're asking, well, you know, what's your point, Doc? Well, here's my point. People, black folks, the last six years, They can't name a single policy other than Obamacare. When you ask them about details about Obamacare, they'll the, the usual cop out is, well, you know, I don't really get all into politics like that. I got other things to do. I don't really get okay. So now, there you have it. And this is what was occurring on Facebook on the Facebook page. Not a single person that I monitored after the speech spoke to the policies or the issues that Obama put forth in the speech. They were all talking about how handsome he looked, how great it is to have a black man in office, how handsome he looked, how dashing he looked, how well-spoken he is. Not a single bit of verbiage regarding the policies. And that's what we're talking about. Embarrassing is that? Well, it's very embarrassing. Melinda's in the house. How about Michelle Hussein Obama? She had a bad year, too. God damn her. <laughs> well, you know, she had a bad year uh, in terms of still being the first lady uh, of the United States, you know, a lot of a lot of folks don't know, especially black folks don't under don't know that Obama never wanted to be first lady. She never wanted to be in politics. She never wanted to be in this fishbowl. 
She fought against it tooth and nail, when, and she nearly divorced Obama as a result of his need to be in the political spotlight. And I'm predicting right here and now, January 22nd, 2015, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun, that after he leaves office, they'll probably be married another couple of years, and then there's going to be a divorce. She's already threatened him with divorce once over politics. She even filed. Now, you don't believe that? Do your research. Come back and prove me wrong if you can. But you can't because I've got the facts here. I know what's going on. So now, let's get down to the Soto, to the speech. Have you, wait, uh, Melinda writes in the chat room, have you seen how people are now attacking Joni Ernst? Of course they are. Of course they are, because she's now a political rising star. Even though she laid it down right and proper and rebutted Obama's asinine waste of America's time, regurgitating the same policies over and over every year. I mean, you got to give the guy some credit. He's he, No matter what happens, the White House can collapse around that clown, and he's one group of people to give to another, offering up free goodies. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's lost the House. He's lost his Senate. And it doesn't matter because what he's doing is he's saying, you know what? I'm a loser. I suck all to be damned. And the American people have spoken. But you know what? I'm unbowed. I'm going to keep hammering home this message. I'm not going to try to change. I'm not going to try to work with Congress because um, I – you know what? It's an ego thing with this clown now because for him, it's not about America anymore. If, if it ever was about America, it isn't about America now. It's about him and him saying – and his ego saying, I'm not going to be defeated by the Republicans and I'm not going to compromise because that would mean that they're right – the American people are right. The American people have said that my policies suck all to be damned, and they want me to go in a different direction, and he's just not going. That's what he's saying. So, now the panelists on CNN. Of course, after the speech, I don't go to Fox. I don't go to Fox News. No, no, no. I go to MSNBC and CNN. Because I know what Fox is going to do. Fox is going to be fair and balanced. They're going to throw it out there, you know, and it's all going to be good. And besides that, I can catch, you know, a Fox, you know, the Fox uh, uh, the next morning at 6 a.m. So I go to CNN, and then on over to MSNBC. I got two TVs sitting right in here, so I, I have them both on simultaneously, so I I can see what's going on on both both. Um, both sets at the same time. So I'm watching them both because I want to see what spin they're going to throw down. So now on MSNBC, the, the the thrill up my leg guy, Chris Matthews, he's at a loss for words. He doesn't know what the hell happened. I mean, these are guys, Andrew Mitchell, who 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 kisses Obama's ass, who who supports him no matter what he does or what he says, and Chris Matthews. 
Now, in rather stark language, Chris Matthews and Andrew Mitchell laid out a sobering picture of why several of the president's words were not close to reality. And if the president is not dealing with reality, does he need to be president? Shouldn't 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 his ass be gone? If he's not if if he's out of the realm of reality, that means he's a danger to the American public, to the country. Chris Matthews said this, and I quote, even in a slyopic, slyoptic way, S-O-L-P-S-I-S-T-I-C, that way, because I kept thinking tonight, there's a real world out there that he didn't really talk about. And perhaps the overambitious notion where we stood in the war against ISIL the Islamic State. He doesn't want to call it the Islamic State, but that's what they call themselves. There's two Japanese people, no guilt on their shoulders, just staring out of the desert, who are going to be apparently decapitated. That's reality. What's going on in Nigeria is reality. How close was the president to reality overall globally tonight, he's asking Andrea Mitchell. And Andrea goes on to state, and I quote, I think that on foreign policy, his projection of success against terrorism and against ISIL is peculiar. As I said, it's not close to reality. It's just that. Of course. But, you know, I have a, I have a unique take on this situation. Obama doesn't want to call out the Islamic State. He doesn't want to call call a spade a spade, no pun intended, because Obama is Muslim, folks. He is a Muslim. In the inside inscription, the inscription on the inside of his wedding, wing, wedding, <laughs> wedding ring reads this. And go ahead and ask me how I know. There is is no God but Allah. Now ask me how I know that. Obama is a Muslim. He was raised in the Muslim faith. He is not a Christian. He is not a Baptist. He is he's not a Buddhist. Obama is a Muslim. And his name is Muslim. He grew up in the Muslim faith. He did not grow up a Christian. Look this all up for yourself, selves, and do your research. So he is protecting his religious faith as best he can, walking that tightrope, being the president of the United States, and having all of these people who are not Muslims, who would surely get in that ass if he were to say that, hey, you know what, I'm a Muslim. So he's not going to say he's a Muslim or he's not, but he is, and we all know it. If you do your research and go back into this guy's history, he was raised in the Muslim faith. So, of course, he's going to protect the Muslim faith, which is why he's letting these folks go, uh, all of these terrorists go out of Gitmo and sending them packing. To 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 countries where they they're they're pretty much free to go, which is why he refuses to call terrorism terrorism Islamic terrorist and all that. He doesn't want to use that verbiage because Obama is Muslim. 
not because he's trying to be politically correct and not lump the faith, uh, the Muslim faith all in one big old basket. No, no, no. That's what he wants you to think. He wants you to believe that he's not lumping all of Islam in one basket. No, he's Muslim. He is protecting the Muslim Brotherhood. Not that brotherhood, not the extremists, but he's protecting the Muslim faith. So now, back to what I was talking about. <laughs> so, Chris, Chris responds to Andrea, it doesn't match the reality. So, the, so, so here we have a president who's standing up on the podium, on the world stage, talking about the State of the Union and saying all of these things that are not true that are not even close to reality, about the economy, the middle class, all everything he said was fact-checked minutes after he said it and put out in a variety of news agencies. And almost all of it was judged to be either misleading or blatantly false. So basically, you had this clown standing up in front of the American people, taking up valuable airtime for me to watch my DVR program, my programming, and lying his ass off for an hour and a half. Just lying. Just flat out lying. Every single word. Painting a rosy picture that all is well and life is good. And if you check the news today, it's not, folks. Isn't. The world is burning down to the damn ground. ISIL is taking over. Folks are being beheaded left and right, YouTubed all over town. ISIL is taking over Iraq. They're taking over several other countries. They're threatening to kill people. They're throwing gay people off of uh, off of, off of tall buildings, blindfolding them and chucking their asses off tall buildings. They're running amok. They just killed a whole bunch of uh, of Muslim young men and women for watching a soccer game. But Obama painted a picture that life is good, man. It's all good. And he's saying it can get better. We just need to take some of that jack from the rich people and give and give some of it to, to the middle class people, which will amount to uh, under $1,000 per person. And that's like a one-time deal. And who knows when they're actually going to get it. So he's saying, like, this is all good. The State of the Union is good. Not, because it's just a matter of time before one of us goes out to the grocery store, heads out to the Walmart, and is abducted and taken to a warehouse somewhere and, 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 let, and, let, the, and let the HD cam roll, saying that if you don't do this, this, or that, we're going to chop this dude's head off. And it could be your sister. It could be your mom. It could be your son, your daughter, my son, my daughter. It could be anybody. Because if this goes unchecked, they're coming to a town near you and me. And you know what? Obama is to blame for it all because he refuses to act aggressively in destroying these people because he's a Muslim. He needs to be true to his Muslim faith. 
Now, he, he probably thinks that, well, it can't happen here. It won't happen here. But they're already here. They're already training here. So now what is it going to take for them to grab you, one of you or me and do, the, and do the damn thing? It won't take much at all. But Mr. Obama is putting us all in harm's way by suggesting that it's all good. By his sycophants, Chris Matthews and Andrea Mitchell, Mitchell, who kiss his ass day in and day out, are saying, what the hell? What is this guy talking about? He's not even dealing in reality. He's not even dealing in the reality of this world. Folks, let me tell you something right now. We need a president. This guy cannot leave office soon enough. Two years can't go by fast enough. This dude has got to go. We need a real leader in office. We need a president. We need somebody we can look up to. Somebody not just and not just because his color is he's a brown. We need a real leader in office. Somebody's got to rise up. Somebody's got to go and become Ronald Reagan. And how sad is it? that we don't have one of those guys anymore. Because I think that Ronald Reagan became president too soon. I think that we need Ronald Reagan 19, not 1980, not 1988. I mean, 84 through 88. We we need Reagan now, and, he, and and we don't have Reagan anymore. Reagan's not gonna like rise up, and nobody's even close. Nobody's even close to becoming to to to, to living up to that Ronald Reagan mantle, that true leader, that great communicator, decent human being, who calls it like it is, who does what he needs to do to protect the United States of America and our allies. Bibi Netanyahu, how many times has it been in American history where a president of the United States during the existence of Israel shunned Israel and showed disrespect to an Israeli leader the way Obama has? Does that not prove to you that he is on the side of Muslims? That he shows such disdain? For an Israeli leader, for the Israeli people? And how many of those people voted for Obama this time around? A whole lot of them. I can see black people doing it, but Jewish people too? Look at the way Israel is being treated by, by this president and this administration. So now, <laughs> did you notice that Supreme Court Ruth Bader Ginsburg was was knocked out. <laughs> she, <laughs> sweet old lady, she was out cold. All nine justices in attendance, and Ruth is snoring. Check out the picture of her. <laughs> I'm going to post it on my Facebook page. She was out, poor dear. 
<laughs> Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg owes her colleagues Stephen Breyer and Anthony Kennedy some drinks. But maybe she should stick to a cup of coffee and a spike of Red Bull, an article reads. The pair said flanking the 81-year-old justice during President Obama's State of the Union address on Tuesday night, and they did their level best to keep her, her obviously, their obviously dozy colleague from totally nodding off, something she's done during more than one speech. But she's nodded off. She is out. She is out like a light. This year, Ginsburg put up a strong fight against the urge to snooze through the soda speech Fiddling with her gloves. Yeah, she often wears black lace, a black lace pair of gloves. How, how sexy is that? And blinking to keep her eyes open. But when that wasn't enough, it was Kennedy and Breyer to the rescue. Kennedy delivered a sharp elbow at one point to rouse her. And Breyer did the yeoman's work, subtly nudging her at least eight times. <laughs> and frequently flickering his gaze to check on her. Bader was out. The hour-plus drone seemed like a dance remix of Obama's previous five addresses, but with fewer beats per minute. Let me be clear. Top 1%. Let's work together. I'll veto every Republican plan. The middle class. Obama seems to have replaced his speech writing team with Microsoft Word macros. It was disgusting. It, I didn't even watch it. I got the highlights later on. The worst part of the president, the worst part for the president wasn't the tired repetition the the the, the pablum offered or the narcoleptic justices is <laughs> that almost no one bothered to watch. I didn't. President Barack Obama's 2015 State of the Union address drew the lowest television viewership for any such speech in the last 15 years, according to new data from Nielsen. The president's Tuesday address was watched by 31.7 million viewers across 12 broadcasting cable networks and that carried the speech live, despite a two-week campaign-style tour and a social media uh, blitz to drum up interest. Hell, nobody was watching. Now, that's... No, no, let, let, let me just put this into context. That's down from the 33.3 million viewers who tuned in to Mr. Obama's State of the Union address last year. And the 52.4 million who watched him deliver a 2009 speech to a joint session of Congress early in his presidency. 52.4 million. Now he's down to a measly 31.7 million people there are almost four, yeah, almost 400 million Americans on this continent. 400 million? He got a measly 31 million viewers. If that many. And it's the second smallest State of the Union audience since Nielsen started collecting the data in 1993. Only Bill Clinton's 2000 speech drew a smaller television audience than Mr. Obama's this year. And that was uh, with about, what, 31.5 million viewers. And Obama was a hell of a lot better president than this clown. 
The few who did watch already knew that Obama's vague and deceptive proposals were dead on arrival in the GOP-controlled Congress. He regularly demonizes. The president talks so often and in so many venues that his speeches have become oratorical music, like, like elevator music. And viewers recognize that after each lofty speech, almost nothing he proposes ever comes to fruition. Nobody's listening to this clown. He's having a very bad year, and I am loving it. I mean, he's had a very bad year, 2014, and it's getting even worse now. It'll be news worth watching only if he finally shuts his mouth. Once you have heard, folks, once you have heard, once you have heard one Obama speech, you've heard every Obama speech. And I'm checking out, I'm checking, I'm checking out some Twitter comments. John writes, first, there was voting with your feet. Now we can see that there is judging with a snore. Ruth Gator has led you to the proper conclusion. Please, sweetie, just go with it for once. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the sweet old lady in the black chambers later on, and augment these lace gloves with some lazy undergarments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I said it. And (laughs) poor Ruth. Check out the picture when you get a chance. I'm going to post it on my Facebook page. All right, so we got we got more Twitter here. Sure, there were a lot of people who didn't watch, but like the people who didn't vote, the president hears them and knows their concerns. Right. Here's a great one here by Quinn, the Eskimo. The, Eskimo. the State of the Union address is a boring address. Full of applause lines designed to add link to the tedium. The I have a dream speech is under 20 minutes. Good point. One of these days, someone will have the bright idea to keep the State of the Union under 30 minutes or less. Our nation will be grateful. (laughs) Okay, and here's another one by James. Well, Clinton felt their pain. Now Obama is reading their minds. An empath, an empath, and a psychopath. Regards, Jim. <laughs> oh man, this is cool. This is, I mean, Obama seems to have replaced his speechwriting team with a Microsoft Word with Microsoft Word macros. Yes, this is exactly it. I told my wife last night that surely they didn't pay any speechwriters with real talent to write this drivel. You get the idea that he is constantly correcting his own speechwriters. Can you imagine working with him on a speech? It must be maddening. Mm. Uh, yeah. All right, Rush. Rush, uh, Rush, Rush Babe 49 writes, Rush had a caller a few days ago who said she wants to hear Obama say four words. I quit. Goodbye. I concur. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? You know what? Presidents are not required by law, the Constitution, to to give a State of the Union speech. The shortest State of the Union speech you asked was given by my man and yours, the first President of the United States, George Washington. George Washington gave the shortest speech, 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Now, of course, the country was a whole lot smaller back then, and George wasn't known for chitter-chatter. But look at where we've come. Dude didn't have to throw it down like that. He didn't even have to give a speech. He knew fully well that none of the none of that crap that he was throwing out there was going to stick, that he wasn't going to go anywhere. No, 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 no. But yet he did it anyway to feed his own ego. Well, oh my goodness, I, I am so sorry. We got a caller. We got we got a caller in. I believe it is my girl, um, Karen from Idaho. But I'm out of time now. The show's over. We got to check out. So we're gonna have to get to uh, Karen from Idaho a little bit later, or maybe I'll give her a call after the show's over and we'll chat for a little bit. But uh, you know, I went on and on and on about. Uh, about Ruthie and her black lace gloves. Look at those gloves. I wish I had a girl that wore black lace gloves. Man, how sexy. I'm going to cut the show, head on out of here, and I'm going to leave you with Elvis, run on. Because a little bit more and and that's great and I've gotten over a half million downloads of my show I certainly thank you for that I want to thank everybody tonight God bless you God bless the United States of America we are out yeah well you may run on for a long time run long for a long time Let me tell you, got a mother's gonna cook. Go tell that long tongue liar. Well, go tell that midnight rider. Well, tell the gallon of the rum of the back of the tail and got a mother's gonna cook. Don't stop, got a mother's gonna tell you the news. My head's been wet with the midnight dews. I've been down on my bending knees, talking to the man from Galilee. My God spoke and he spoke so sweet. I thought I heard a shuffle of angels' feet. He put one hand upon my head. Great God. Let me tell you what he said. Go tell that long tongue liar. Oh, well, go well. tell that midnight rider. Oh, well, tell the gambler around the backfire and tell them, God, I'm going to go down. You may run on for a long time. Run on for a long time. Run on for a long time. You may throw your rock and hide your hand Working in the dark against your fellow man As sure as God made the day and the night What you do in the dark will be brought to the light You may run and hide, slip and slide Trying to take the moat from your neighbor's eye As sure as God made the rich and poor You're gonna reap riches of what you sow You may run on for a long time Run on for a long time Run on for a long time Let me tell you, God, I'm gonna cut you down Go tell that long time
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.